You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. And then Alex said this, and then I was like this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wylan, and with me today, I have Alex Garaldi from Copper Sound Pedals. How are you doing today? I'm very good. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Like, we talked about this a while ago and finally getting ready to pull the trigger. It's, it's nice when it finally happens. I feel like it was like right around Christmas or some point. I remember I was driving in the snow and then you called me. Oh, well, that's, you know, good. I love yeah. always down to distract people while they're driving in hazardous conditions. Yeah, minus like the uh, the telephone pole I hit, everything was a good drive and I got to hear your voice. Oh, <laughs> you, <laughs> I hope you didn't hit it too hard. I hope it was just a mild grazing. No, well, see, I had the gear in the trunk, so it was fine. Oh, okay. Well, as long as the gear was okay, I don't want you smashing any of those telegraph stutters. Oh, no. Definitely not. <laughs> good times. Good times. Uh, those things are really cool, and I think you've mentioned a couple times on Instagram and in other various places that, uh, like, I guess I should probably explain what we're talking about. Uh, for those that don't know, I should l- let you ex- explain the telegraph stutter to everyone. Yeah, so um, I believe it was around October that I actually got a release. I had the idea and like the prototype probably over the summer, and I posted a picture of it. And I think I, I felt like I was like the only person excited about it. It was one of those <laughs> things. It was like I was wrong, and I guess that was a good thing. Um, right. And then I kind of started production, and a couple people hit me up for them. Um, and for anybody that hasn't seen it or is listening and hasn't like seen a picture of it it's your standard size 1590b box and it has an old uh morse code telegraph key on the top which acts as your contact point for uh stutter or kill switch sounds if you will that you've probably seen in in guitars and small little boxes but this mm-hmm. is kind of this is kind of like uh my take on it just it's one of those like simple audio experiments that everybody can do in fifth grade i just feel like it i try to make it look cooler well i i mean it does look a lot cooler but it's it's really the function of it is actually better than any other kill switch i've seen and you know people are like well what's exciting about a kill switch it's like well if you played this one i think you'd understand it is you can you can do a lot cooler more interesting things with it because of it being you know in that old school telegraph form uh it's just it's much more interesting from a user-friendly perspective in my opinion yeah and i I feel like sometimes when you get into the pedal world and you think about it you might have a hard time thinking outside of the box of not using your feet when it's like people don't have a problem oftentimes like adjusting their amp on the fly with their hand they'll adjust their guitar volume their tone selector and all that stuff and technically speaking your hand can move a lot faster and in cooler patterns than your foot can any day Mm -hmm. it's 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 not ideal for that rhythm guitarist who's singing who can't get over to his amp or wherever to touch it but 
as most people know, most bands have like two guitar players. And that guy over on the side, if he's not singing, he's doing his thing. He's got all the time to stretch around the stage. And I always encourage people to like put it on top of their amp right before the input and just mm-hmm. kill, the sig- kill the signal like that, you know, kind of like get reacquainted with your amp and get a little feedback going through the pickups. Oh, there you go. That's a good plan. Yeah. Well, I I had a plan, and and it's starting to make more and more sense as I get some of this stuff um, to actually make a small pedal table, um, kind of like uh, kind of like what Nels Klein has. To be honest, that was kind of what inspired me because I got um, one of those sixteen second uh, digital delay reissues, and I was like, man, mm-hmm. this is really a hands on thing. Like you have to like work this thing to make it make sound and uh i was like oh that's what nels does with it he has it on this you know on his table and he like smashes it with his elbow while he's doing crazy things and then when i got the uh telegraph setter i was like oh that's a definitely a table like a pedal table piece and then um got a couple other ones like uh some phasers and things it's like yeah that just is a that's a knob tweaker thing i need that up by me so Probably not really for most of the things I do with like most things I do are in the studio. But if I was to do something live, like I'd want to put put something together so I could work these things. So yeah, you know, I've had a number of uh, customers like telling me and giving me feedback that they've kind of set up like an off like off to the side rig where they'll have a couple things on a little tabletop, like you were saying, like maybe if it's a MIDI controller or even if you're a keyboard player, you got your hands at like a tabletop height anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'll get a lot of people that will like send me pictures, like if, like some worship guys and certain people like that, where they'll just have their little area set up with a couple little things, and they'll have the telegraph starter right there because it's it's always on. It's just ready for your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so it kind of makes sense in that in that scenario. Yeah, it's perfect for that. It's a uh... It's just one of those things that's like, why hasn't this been done before? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm kind uh, of surprised. Like, I feel like that's that might be in my life the closest thing I get to the having somebody be like, why didn't I think of that like invention mm-hmm. or tool? When you always see those on commercials, you're like, ah, oh, so simple. Why didn't I think of that? Mm-hmm. You know? I, it's I think like, that's, uh, yeah, that's what you've done with this, in the, to be honest. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's been really, it's been really good since October. We've sold. I think we're about to make number two hundred for an order we just got. Oh, sweet! So that's that's a lot for us. You know, I feel like the pedal world gets a new guy every day, and I feel like we're still kind of a, like a small corner of the internet. But it's kind mm-hmm. of kind of cool to have a name, or at least people are like, oh, I've seen that thing before, and you know, that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, for sure. I I totally can relate to that. Like yeah. I remember like it was it was funny the first time to like reach out to somebody to get on the podcast or talk to somebody and not have to completely explain who I am and what <laughs> I do. They're like, yeah. Oh yeah, I've listened to your show. I'm like, wait, oh wait, huh? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When somebody it's kind knows, of a trip. When somebody knows you, I mean it's kinda cool, you know, it's humbling. It's really humbling and like kinda like makes you take a step back and go like, wait a second. I'm just some guy. Like, wow. You're like, okay. You're the guy I want to interview. You're like the popular, famous one in this world. How do you know me, the little guy? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's kind of cool when, when bigger companies in this world like acknowledge it. But again, as most people have seen, the this 
gear world is so friendly. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it too. You know, uh, we, we, how many, I don't know how many times we can beat this subject into the ground, but you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's true. And I guess we don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I <laughs> the gear think, world's fantastic. I think in like, I think a lot of us builders, I think in the back of our hearts or in our head, we're thinking like, man, we're in like, this cool world where everybody's so cool with each other and like there's no other world like that like the dirt bike builders they don't have it. it's like really catty and like the tattoo world everybody's like oh i'm the best come see me for this and we're sitting mm-hmm. here we're sitting over here like hey go check out this guy's stuff it's really cool it's like are you trying to sell somebody else's thing uh yeah because it's really cool go check it out <laughs> right you for know? sure if i get somebody- i mean like the oh go, go ahead, ahead. No, if I, I was going to say, if I get somebody to hit me up for, like, a replica of something that we don't do, because we don't, we don't do, like, replicas of, like, other boutique companies' things or semi-boutique. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be like, hey, if you're looking for a clone of this, go see Guy A, B, C, D, because they all make awesome versions in their own takes. We don't do it, but go see that guy's thing. Right. Which is awesome. Yeah, people are like, oh, I want, uh, I want an OCD clone. Mm-hmm. And to me, and to me, it's like, why don't you just go get an OCD? They're not that expensive. Yeah, they're like a hundred twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, like a cologne's gonna be the same price. Um, if that's what you want, go get it. Yeah, you know, we're we're not talking about a clone here or some unattainable vintage thing. So exactly. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's take a couple steps back and kind of talk about you and your company like how did you get started where you know where's your musical background and how did that lead you to copper sound and kind of doing what you're doing yeah so i feel like my musical background might be shorter than others because or maybe not i've been probably only like in like a musical environment or like mentality for maybe about eight years maybe that's short for some maybe it's not for others but i really didn't start playing guitar until about eight years ago when i was like I wanted to kind of learn an instrument. There were some songs I really liked. And at the time, I was thinking to myself, the acoustic guitar is great because you can sit down, sing, and play. You don't really do that with, mm-hmm. you don't really do that with drums or violin, like playing it while singing. Because other than the piano, which isn't, as most people know, very easy to travel around with, so to speak, the guitar has just got that perfect register where you go pick up the guitar, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. which I feel like maybe a lot of people flock to it for that element. Maybe not, but that's what it was for me. Um, just going to something that I could sit down, play and sing at the same time kind of seemed like a win-win. Gotcha. You know, and from there went to the whole band thing, you know, getting some friends, getting some people, getting the practice space, you know, doing the whole, we did a tour of, uh, the New England area. Anybody that doesn't know, I'm from the New England area. Um, kind of toured around here, did that stuff, you know, vans, shows, set up, breakdown, all the fun stuff that everybody does, you know, and anybody doing it, my hat goes off to them because it's not the easiest thing. It's no cakewalk. Right. You know, it's brutal. I mean, it is. Yeah. I, I it's not. It's not something I, I I love playing music and love doing music, but um, that was never never the lifestyle for me, which is kind of why I stuck in the 
recording and studio stuff because it's like I can have a, a the life I want and and still be able to do music in my way, I guess. So oh, totally. Like it's uh, it's your little chamber of your art, you know. Which for for so. me personally, like you, oftentimes you get live people versus you get studio people, and being an artist, I've always been more of the studio aspect guy, which I think is kind of why I started getting into like coming from an artistic background and loving studio stuff with all the gear kind of, it mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. You know, my brother pointed out, he was like, you did art your whole life and then you started doing band and you were mostly the studio guy. It kind of makes sense that you're doing this. Yeah, so, for sure. So, I mean, after I did the band thing for a few years, we did an album, did shows, practice spaces. Then I started like, just randomly, I was like getting so, as you know, the gas gets gets bad, <laughs> and you start you're on the internet way more than you need to be, and you're you're looking at stuff, and I was like, you know, it might be kind of cool to like build myself something because I had spent a ton of money on a pedal board and stuff, and got all these boutique things. And I was like, it'd be kind of cool to build something for myself as like a learning experience. Um. Kind of went from there, you know, because the internet's a great place for kits and vast wealth of knowledge, more than you could ever read, and kind of did that thing that most other builders do, where you build something for yourself, and somebody's like, "Ooh, what's that? I want one." And as mm-hmm. we know, the blueprint and the story goes, that snowballs into somebody else, and then you're like, "Oh, I've always kind of wanted to do this," and then you make it, and they're like, "Oh, I want one of those," and you're like, "Okay, I got nothing else to do. I'll, I'll make you one," and here you go, and then it's like. Again, that snowball effect. It just yeah. Whether it's <laughs> snowball, kind of sounds like the good version instead of it spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> it spiraled out of control. Yeah, snowballing does sound more like a momentum building good thing than just something that that takes your life over. So yeah, which I mean, it's almost got to that point now, which is kind of the goal, which is good too. You know, it's trying to turn it into a full time job. So. Hopefully we'll get there soon. Right. Well, it looks like you're on the right track. So yeah, I mean, we're uh, that's good. We're in that getting ready for Nam thing right now, where it's like pedals the metal all day, every day. Right. So that should be interesting. Nice, nice. You going to summer Nam like uh, in in Nashville, I suppose. Yeah, end of June. Um, we're driving down there. It's like a sixteen hour drive. Uh, mm-hmm. where we are, see some shops along the way, probably be down there for about a week. First name too, so I don't know what to expect, except like the videos and stories you've heard, you know. I know you've been to uh, Anaheim. Yes, yes, I went to Anaheim, and it was uh, it was like sensory overload. That was my first one uh, this last January, and it was just, it was, it was everything that everyone says it is. Yeah. But, but until you actually, and it would so nothing really came as a surprise. You know, there was no, nothing I didn't expect. Everything was according to plan, but you don't really know how your body's going to react to that until you experience for the first time. And it was so much more brutal than I imagined, uh, even knowing what to expect. So I hear that summer Nam is much more chill. So, um, I'm not going this year. But uh, I hear it's a I hear it's a little easier than than winter as far as uh, 
the too much too soon type of thing. Yeah, we the guys and I just kind of figured it was more attainable from a driving aspect, a financial aspect, and just time-wise, you know, it was too soon. We weren't able to get stuff ready for production for uh, this last January, but we've just been hitting it really, really hard pretty much all of our time's gone into this production line stuff um, that we're getting ready to do, like our standard things instead of utility and the pickguard series uh, going on. Mm-hmm. So been like working around the clock to uh, get all that stuff and like pretty much wrapped up loose ends and all that stuff, which is kind of why I think originally we were talking, I was like, I kind of want, I have this thing coming out. You want to wait and do the podcast and we'll kind of talk about it when it comes out instead of being like, Hey, in three months from now, this thing is going to be cool, and you forgot it. <sighs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's always a that's always a really wise decision. Because um, I've talked to some other guys about doing launches and stuff, and it's like you can tease it, but don't tease it too soon, because then everyone forgets about it. You know, on launch yeah, day. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's a smart thing to do. It's weird. It's it's like. In this world, I don't think anybody likes to overthink marketing type stuff because it's like we're in a fun world, you know. Let's not go super analytical retail consumer like, but there is a little bit to it. You don't want to be like, hey, in one month this is coming out, or hey, it's out tomorrow. You know, if you don't have any like name behind you, it's like too soon, or we're not we're gonna forget in a month, and you're not gonna want to post every day about it. You know, right. so there's definitely like a relationship there to develop. Yeah, it's a it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, you, there the marketing aspect of it, you know, I talked to a lot of guys about that and it's it's kind of something that I didn't know that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. I guess, like analyzing and thinking about that stuff. Um until until I started doing this and realized that to get people to listen, I have to know how to market myself or in my show and and everything that I do a little bit. And uh, after, through starting to do some of that, it's like, okay, this is actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you start seeing results from it. Yeah. Um, granted, it's a lot easier to get people to come listen to a, a, a free show about something that they're interested in than, um, than it is to get them to purchase something. But the same concepts apply, and, and uh, I still get people all the time that are like, I, I followed you for, for months on Instagram. I just recently found your podcast. I'm like, Oh, I've been talking about it for a year. (laughs) Oh, uh, but, uh, it's, it's just kind of what it is. I, I haven't been quite doing the show for a year yet. I've still got a ways to go, but been talking about it for a while. And I find it funny that like their, their followers that I've seen them, they like comment on things and, and they're, you know, active in kind of the community and it it's funny when it's months later, they're like, oh, I just started listening to your show. I really like it. I'm like, man, you've been talking to me for a long time at this point. I'm surprised you. I don't know. I'm a big podcast nerd. So if I find out somebody that I follow start doing a podcast, I instantly go listen to it. So I guess that's a little different perspective. Yeah, I think I found out about your podcast a little before I was talking to you. And then I think I went back and just listened to everything in the archive just because during the day job, got some headphones in and the only thing I listened to is stuff about gear or Bill Burr. So it's going to be one of the right. two things. <laughs> right. And there's only so many gear podcasts, right? Yeah. I mean, 
it's kind of funny, isn't it? Does I mean, like that seemed to me like there should be more. Right. I feel I like don't know. It'll, it'll have its due. You know, you still got to get yeah. those people that don't know of it or don't do the podcast thing. I mean, I'm still kind of new to it. Once you get those people on board, like the market floods with everything above it. Well, that's you know? true. That is very true. Cool. You'll be kind of more of like a pioneer, like one of the one of the, like the original uh, gear obsessed podcast. You know? <laughs> that that's kind of weird to think about, but it, I mean, because I was actually relatively late to the game, you know, in comparison to some of the other guys like Chasing Tone and Sixty Cycle Hum and those guys. Uh, so it was it was kind of. It's kind of weird because I've been doing the chasing tone lately mm-hmm. with Brian. Um, so it, that was like the show that I first started listening to and got me thinking, I think I could do a show mm-hmm. like this. This is in my wheelhouse. Um, and so to ha- kind of have the tables flipped and like to be on it on a kind of a regular basis now is like, this is a this is weird. Like it still feels kind of surreal to me. Um, Being on the other but, side, you're saying? Yeah, being like talking to Brian, you know, um, on his show, like as a guest, it's like, this is kind of weird. Like you were the guy I spent a year plus listening to, um, you know, and, and to be on the other side of it's just kind of interesting. Uh, I don't really know how else to put it. It's, it's a, it's a weird, weird, but very cool experience. So yeah, this, I guess there's something to be said about that when it's kind of cool we're in the world right now of like, you know, when I was, uh, before I was doing this and I'm following all these gear people and they got a new thing coming out and they're teasing it and everything. You're on that like receiving end and you're like, Oh, another thing's being unveiled tomorrow or they're posting another picture. You're like trying to put together the puzzle pieces that, that fun game that everybody likes to do. But now like I'm on the other Mm -hmm. end. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do for a teaser? Like I got to, figure i gotta like come up with a concept that goes with a theme and then i add like a i try to keep a color scheme going to it and then i gotta go through like photos Mm -hmm. and i go through my buddy who works with me who does design for us and it's like there's a lot just for that one picture that somebody might see but it kind of starts the whole other end of the teaser so it's it's kind of a cool experience to be on the other end of that yeah that's well we keep talking about your your teaser stuff that's going on how about you, you can do a, a full unveil and then i'll drop this episode whenever you tell me yeah, to drop can. it what do you got um, coming out so yeah we've only been teasing right now uh you and i've been talking a little bit um it's a reverb pedal in the works which is going to be the very first in our kind of standard production line series as i mentioned a few minutes ago we have the utility stuff like your basic switch boxes and tempos and we have the telegraph stutter which I think is a very unique utility. And uh, if you've seen, I have, I make a pedal board flashlight as well. So we have that, we have that yes. kind of like, I'm trying to go for unique utility. There'll be other stuff in that as well. And we have the pick guard series, which you've probably seen that looks like strats and tellies and the guitar, the pedal looks like a mm-hmm. guitar. So I was like, we kind of need like, I wanted to get like a standard line series, you know, um, more inexpensive to attain than the pickguard series, which is very labor intensive and very customizable and just have a standard branding line and everything. And I was like talking to the guys and everybody wanted to do a reverb. And I was like, all right, let's, 
teach myself reverbs and bricks and tanks and stuff like that. So started started doing mm-hmm. it, went the breadboard route, was doing things like that. Started got the first reverb sound, and it's like my buddy looks over at me. He's like, "How'd you do that?" Because he doesn't really know anything about the electronic aspect. And I was like, I don't know. I mm-hmm. just went from a basic reverb schematic, kind of started tweaking, adjusting things from there. And then it just kind of started not spiraling. We're going to go with snowballing. Yes, we into, talked about that. Yes. <laughs> into a good place. And it started just taking form. And every time we adjusted something, it got better and better. Um, and before we knew it, it turned into five knobs, multiple switches and everything. Um, and what we did was after the basic reverb circuit and I was kind of adjusting things, I decided I wanted to go with, um, the Belton three brick that had come out, I believe not too, too long ago. It was like the newest one on the market for like a digital Accutronics brick, which you could easily, you could easily adjust the, um, the decay on it. Mm-hmm. which the decay of the reverb, which is super handy. So I was like, I kind of had it already committed that I wanted to do that. So it started from there. So we got your basic mix knob and I'll kind of go through what it, what the pedal is going to look like pretty much. Um, it's going to have a reverb amount, which controls the overall reverb from none to super wet. I call it going from, conservative to liberal (laughs) Um, and then that's uh, that's fitting in today's (laughs) political climate all right yeah um the pedal is blue which it it's i don't have a party that i go behind but it just so it's funny that it's also blue as well but um so from there we got the decay which i was like gotta have a decay knob on there so we got reverb then we have depth your standards that you see Mm-hmm. From th- from there, so we had that two knob creation, and we were we were digging it. Um, after I was like, "What do I want to do here?" Um, we were originally going to try to go with like a shimmer style octave up, which you see a lot of guys do. Um, yeah, Rick over at Matthews Effects just came out with that astronomer, which is like awesome. And there was the original thing that we were kind of going for, um, which I think a lot of guys are doing, and he's doing it really cool um on his end and i like that and i decided to kind of scrap that idea not because of that but because i wanted i was originally going for that i think maybe i got frustrated and i wasn't able to get an octave sound that i really liked and again being oh yeah somewhat new in the electronics world i was like i don't even know if i want to do this so then i remember that i had um i'm a big earthquaker guy and i have the organizer Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna set up like, I'm gonna set up a send and return, so that you can put pedals in the effects loop. Which there are a few guys on the market doing that in like delays, and a couple in reverbs. And I was like, let's do that. Let's hear this pedal in its like alpha mode with the organizer, which on its own is an awesome pedal. As anybody who's played it knows, we put it in the loop, and we were like, ah, I like that. Then we were like, as you know where it's going to go, what else can we put in the loop? (laughs) (laughs) You know, put some of my Strymon in there. Then we put a chorus pedal in there. We're like, this is kind of cool given the user the ability to control any modulated or pitch effect sound in the decay. 
which, yeah. as I said before, we have that decay knob, so you can hear it. So I was like, oh, this sounds sick with the organizer in it. And then it, from there, I was like, I think it'd be cool if it had a blend on it, because sometimes you don't want all of the organizer in that you just want a little bit of an, an amount. So I was like, let's put like a wet-dry blend in the send and return. So when it comes back, it'll either be just your reverb guitar signal, or it'll be reverb guitar signal with all of your send and return amount. Mm-hmm. So that's where the blend came from. That's the third knob on the pedal. Um, from there... You really, you really, just so you know, I'm like smiling and really, really excited right now. Like, this is so up my alley. <laughs> it, it ended up, in the end, it was like a breadboard plus a little breadboard plus i had a house a send and return effect unit like trs cable in its own like enclosure to send it out there plus yeah. like powering all the pedals so it was fun had like a whole tray of stuff um so after that the reverb comes back to um the decay um and you can kind of control the blend over that from there i started messing around with the idea of pushing the reverb a little bit uh, further by deciding what if after it comes back it goes to like a preamp so I put a preamp in in that section of the circuit and it would come back and you would be able to control the volume amount of the preamp so you'd go from your standard two knob and with a blend in the preamp and that would pretty much push everything from the organizer or whatever is in the center return, that preamp would act as kind of like pushing the signal through kind of like a compressor or a, a buffer if it had like a, an amount on it. And that pushes mm -hmm. it through. So it brings it from the send and return volume being under your signal to the organizer's volume was at the level of the guitar's initial attack and like pick attack. So it was like bringing the levels up there without distorting it. Granted, I had to mess around with the preamp. It was originally distorting the signal, and you're getting like this crashing wave, which sounded cool, but we weren't really going for that. And uh, I just tailored the preamp how I wanted, and it ended up going in the final, and that's the fourth knob on the reverb is that preamp amount where you can go from none all the way to a lot, which actually gives you more reverb and decay and actually, I think, stretches out what that tank's able to give me, mm -hmm. which is really neat. And it all, the preamp, you don't have to have an effect in the loop for the preamp to work with the reverb. Oh, cool. So you can, whether you got uh, something in the loop or not, that preamp will still work, which is kind of cool um, with uh, the unit. And another thing, too, if you put like an Ernie Ball volume pedal junior in the loop, it takes over the reverb mix knob. Oh, okay. You know, so you can pretty much go from desert dry to super Portland wet. Super Portland wet. <laughs> you know, that should be our name of a reverb pedal. <laughs> a Portland super edition. Portland wet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> super Portland wet. <laughs> so after the, preamp, after the preamp was finished and the send and return, I figured everything out with the blend and got it to where I wanted we wanted to do everything's going to be like kind of horizontal instead of vertical and everything's going to be top loaded. And I was like, I want to do two buttons on the face to have like an on and then a secondary switch. Cause everything's going to have two 
on our pedals. Um, I don't know if it's like a spoiler alert or like if I'm giving too much, but everything's going to have two foot switches and LED indicators. This pedal has a secondary reverb, so you can set two reverb amounts. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So you'll go from the standard one, you can set it, as I said, conservative, and then you can click over to the secondary feature, which is the reverb knob, say, cranked all the way to super liberal, and you'll have pretty much kind of like a, pre, <laughs> like a preset of reverb amount, if you will. Well, this is exciting. I knew, I knew that you were making a reverb, and that was pretty much the extent of my knowledge. Uh, I feel like you were in my brain somehow, <laughs> like asking me what features I want. <laughs> I yeah. Were you? I mean, were you, are you like a, 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 a psychic or something? I'm not really at liberty to discuss that without a lawyer present. Oh, for crying out loud. I just want to know if my mind is being infiltrated or not. Because I got my mind read by a couple of guys today <laughs> uh, in some Facebook groups. And I was like, this is what... And then, yeah, and like, oh, yeah. And then I got my mind read last week when I was recording a Chasing Tone. Uh, so I feel like either everyone's a psychic or maybe I just... Maybe I just have the same ideas as a lot of people. I don't know. But I'm thinking everyone's a psychic. That could be. I think we're all on the same channel a lot of times for the amount of gear that's out there and all coming out. And it's so much of it's new. It's like everybody was kind of thinking that. Nobody had done it yet. And then all of a sudden this person did. And we're all like, that was the idea I had. And you're like, <laughs> uh, I had that too. And he's like, I was just listening to a podcast and they had that. It's like, oh, everybody's cool. Everybody kind of wants the same thing and now it exists what a glorious world we live in <laughs> the, the, gold, the golden era of gear and pedals if you will oh that's that's true and i don't think the, the thing about this this quote-unquote golden era is i don't really see this era ending i mean of course everyone thinks that like everyone thought the 20s were gonna keep going and then the depression hit but like do you see i can't see I can see there being maybe less companies in 10 years just because there's so many and so many people are coming out all the time. But I can't see innovation stopping at this point. Like you have to innovate and do new cool things or you're not going to be around anymore. So Yeah, I've kind of talked to the guys about that and like that joke that everybody in the gram has like a pedal company now and we get a new pedal company like every other month it seems. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's great because we have so many people bringing stuff to the table. The downside with all these companies now, like if you're like, hey, I wanted to get in the pedal game, that's awesome. And then you just have a standard three knob green pedal, but maybe the artwork's a little different. And it's like, that's kind of, you might not get any recognition. You almost kind of have to do that, like that show factor and that thing that makes people recognize you. And I think I just kind of got lucky with that telegraph idea that that's the thing that often people refer and they like know me by and it's like if mm -hmm. i don't want to say that like you have to be like the most innovative thing but you can't just like here's a one knob boost pedal and that's all i have you know you kind of like you got to kind of push the envelope almost out of the gate now i don't know if that's right to say but i feel like you kind of got to bring that to the table you have to do something better or you have to do it different yeah. or both like, you have to have a differentiating factor. I guess I shouldn't say you have to. You could probably make your take on a Tube Screamer a thousand times for your buddies, but you're not really going to, you know, like, eventually, if that's all you do, 
it's going to be tough to uh, break out of the noise. You know, there's that's just how it is. So right, yeah, you have to you have to be in Metallica or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that he, you know, finally we have a real guitar player. That's no, we're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, but people love it. Um, <laughs> we beat that into the ground at this point. The, the, we don't need to discuss that guy anymore. Sometimes, uh, also, like yeah. sometimes in this world too, I feel like so many people are getting into it. Like sometimes I feel like it's almost like the stock market. And, like people are, like seeing how many people are able to do it with very little experience, like myself. And so, like, the stock market isn't a guarantee. You can't just, like, you might be able to, but it's going to be so hard to just get into the world and you got just kind of run-of-the-mill, which is great, but it's, like, the boutique world is so saturated right now, and, like, you'd have to have something that, regardless, even if you're making, like, your take on stuff, you got to have such a cool aesthetic thing, that something that draws people in, a marketing style, I'm not saying you have to be Jack DeVille's marketing style, but you got to like be something that makes you stand out a little bit. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't have to be a replica of any one person. And I think uh, the way he does things is, is fantastic because, well, he makes good stuff. So there's that, but then like the way he presents everything, it's unmistakably Jack. And if you know, anybody knows him, like that's him. Like he didn't just make that up. That's how he presents everything. So, yeah, um, it's very, it's it like nobody else is doing that. So there you go. Better or different. That's kind of what you have to do. So exactly. Um, I think, I think we're, like you said, I think we're going to, it's not going to end anytime soon. And we're going to see some really awesome stuff coming out with people doing so many awesome things in this handmade world we're living in right now. For sure. For sure. Oh, one thing we haven't talked about going back to your reverb, actually, we need to rewind a little bit because Let's do it. there again, where you're, you're infiltrating my mind, like some sort of spy, you called it the Daedalus. Yes. Uh, and Daedalus, I can... everyone who yeah, knows I'm a huge Thrice fan and I got the reference. I knew what was going on there. Yes. Uh, there's a couple references. That is one of them, obviously. Myself being mm-hmm. such a big Thrice fan like most people out there. And then, which is, that song is obviously about Daedalus. And for anybody that doesn't know any of the story, Daedalus was Icarus's father in that Greek myth about them being on that island. And Daedalus was an engineer and created mazes and stuff like that. Minus like going into super detail, he was Icarus's dad. And I feel like it, people know Icarus more than uh, Daedalus, and he's got a cool name. And back in the day when I started this, I was like, if I ever do a reverb pedal, I think it'd be cool to call it Daedalus. Like, I don't, I never see that anywhere. And here we are today, and they're being made as we speak. That's uh, that's pretty cool to finally see that come back around. Yeah, I mean, it was a little little bit in the making, but we almost kind of rushed that, not rushed the project, but we were so excited about it that. It's pretty much, uh, if anybody wants to know, it's pretty much myself and two other people in the shop. And one guy on design, I'm breadboarding, I'm teaching myself powder coating, teaching myself PCB layout and design, filling orders and doing all this stuff and getting ready for like advertising and marketing for it and the good old stuff. And it's like, it. I think it came together so fast, not because it was easy. I think it's because we all wanted it so badly and we were so excited. Right. We were so excited about it. It kind of was like the catalyst that like fueled it. Granted, there were like 
there were like defeating days where at the end of the day, it's like, well, that didn't work. This failed. And we didn't get this in the mail yet. <laughs> and then, right. and that can be tough. I mean, I still have like a 30 hour a week job. And when we work on Thursdays, which actually today's Wednesday night, we're getting ready for like my pedal shop night. It's like Thursdays we work 930 in the morning till midnight and having a defeating day can be kind of tough. Yeah. It's never good for morale to <laughs> grind so hard on something and go, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I always refer to it as character building. Yeah, that, that's about all it is. Um, everyone And everyone can relate to that. Everyone's done that with something. Yeah. You know, a musical project or building something or, con, you know, whatever. Like, everyone's experienced that at some point in their life. Yeah. Uh, it's like I just wasted that entire day. Just completely just, my, I might as well just sat on the couch and stared at a wall as for all the good it did type of thing. So Yeah, building, building character is a good thing. And I come from the 90s, so a generation of where we waited and we had patience. And it's nothing really new to me, but sometimes you wish it. It was like, why couldn't this be the week where everything went right? And then next week, you know what? We get PCBs coming in. Screen printer calls us about stuff. Things are going in the boards. Everything's working. And you're like... Well, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it panned out. So good. You know, and so you know. and you and definitely you just you take that momentum and that energy and you just run with it. We're I can't talk more about it, but by NAM we're hoping to have at least one more pedal, excuse me, for the standard line. And Ooh. aiming to have three by the summer. Like a one, two, three punch. So Daedalus is just kinda like our entry into the standard uh, production line. So we're excited about that. Yeah, I'm very excited to see that come out. It has a lot of really interesting things uh, going on. I didn't that I didn't know about before. You just told me, um, so that I'm like super jazzed about that pedal. Not that I wasn't, but now I'm extra super jazzed. Yeah, so. if you like reverb, buy it. If you like thrice, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> if you like cool stuff, buy it. Yeah, I think if if you're not a giant loser, <laughs> buy it. Yeah, that's how we, I mean, right? We can market it like Jack Deville. This reverb is dumb. Why would anyone buy it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is this? That, that Supermoon ad that floats around? Like, yeah. uh, reverb sucks. Mm-hmm. Quit playing guitar. <laughs> Don't buy this pedal. Yeah. My buddy and I, he he's getting into this world. He was like, have you seen Mr. Black Effects? He's like, yeah. What did Jack say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's funny. Like I've talked to him quite a bit and, um, he's one of the, he's one of the only guys that like was that I've talked to that was like, I'm like, Hey man, you know, you should come on the podcast. He's like, I can't do that. (laughs) I'm like, why not? He's like, I'm totally not like into doing that kind of stuff and I can't keep my it clean enough for your show i'm like well i guess those are two good reasons so yeah there you go <laughs> i think anybody that follows him on like instagram sees that he he like bridges the gap to you shouldn't be saying this but like speaking his mind so it's like there's enough like honesty and truth behind it but at the same time it's like he's getting close <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, that's a that's the best way to put it too he's getting close i can't tell you how many times i've been like scrolling through my phone and i see jack deville post and it's just like an email response i'm like oh this is gonna be good 
Yeah, <laughs> it's always exciting, isn't it? It is. It's, it's like <laughs> I. It's like I screenshot it to show people. <laughs> like <laughs> cuz they wouldn't believe you exactly. otherwise. Yeah. Uh that's it's funny. But uh yeah, he's a he's a he's a dude that, that um like every it's funny cuz like everybody knows him even if they don't. Yeah. Like really. They're like, "Oh yeah, Jack Deville." You know. Uh, he's a he's a, a very like like he's an industry figure and everybody Everybody seems to know him or have a story about him mm-hmm. uh, directly, or if it's true, if it's true or not is another story. But like, <laughs> everyone has some sort of uh, knowledge of the man, so it's kind of funny. The legend himself, <clears throat> the man, the myth, the legend. Exactly. I think I think he's cultivated that on purpose, or uh, or he doesn't <laughs> like it, and he's probably cursing right now. That's true. He, yeah, he's probably listening and going, you know what, Blake? I'm never talking to you again. You're an idiot. Yeah. So, well, that, Way to make it PG, Blake. <laughs> right. Well, that's not what he would have said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he would, have, he would have used a different term, I'm sure. And probably still is using a different term. He's probably going to text me like after this drops and be like, you're a... Insert words Expletive. Here. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. <laughs> this is like... We're getting into an interactive podcast where the listener now, on the other end, whenever this airs, can make up the words that Jack was saying. And it's fun. They can choose their own uh, destiny. <laughs> That's right. It's like those, uh, those choose-your-own-adventure books. Exactly. Man, we should figure out how to, how to make a podcast that's like choose-your-own-adventure. I don't know how we could do that. Like, if you want to find out what happens, if you want to, you know, if you want to hear the Daedalus... Um, you know, listen to episode 103. If you want to hear the new um, Minotaur uh, <laughs> Overdrive, then listen to episode 101. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to make that work. I don't know where I'm going with this, but there, there's, I get a lot of weird ideas. <laughs> there's some podcasts and engineering that could go behind that, but definitely could. <laughs> definitely could. Um, and also rolling with that, too, we're, we're going to be doing like more clips and teasers and stuff like that soon, plus... Daedalus will be going out to some dealers and stuff and um, hoping to hoping to get um, some traction going on that. We're doing I think we're doing uh, we're doing large for us, but kind of a small batch. We're going to do between 25 and 30 of them right now. Mm -hmm. And I think we have like 15 spoken for right now between between dealers and um, some friends and stuff like that. Uh, I don't even know if the guys in the shop are even going to get one. <laughs> oh. It's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to just try to figure it out. But, um, yeah, we're going to probably do about 25, get them out there, and kind of start letting people hear them. Because we got a lot of people excited, which is nice, you know. And um, just kind of roll with it from there and just kind of finalize all the pieces. So it's exciting for us over here. That's awesome. Is it uh, going to make its way over to my neck of the woods? I might be able to find a dealer and make some racket you know um we're hoping um we're gonna be definitely once this gets there and we're kind of stable with it like while i'm mm-hmm. do, while i'm doing the other two pedals and i already have them breadboarded and started while i'm doing that we're probably going to be starting to look for dealers one of the guys that works with us he kind of like does dealer and artist relations so i mean you can always shoot me a text or whatever of be like, hey, you should check into this shop or this shop or blah, 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 because we're going to start looking for uh, more dealers in the very near future. 
All right. Will do. Definitely will do. I know you got got your head above the water for those type of things. Well, I always want everything to be available to me at all times. So I'm always like, you should go send this to my favorite shop. And whether my favorite shop wants to buy it or not is kind of another story. But I want it to be there just so I can go play it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's purely for selfish reasons. Don't think I'm trying to be a good guy. Yeah, I mean, well, that's I, I, not what I, I'm about. I better not see an, a mystery email from you and it's like, hey, let me demo your gear for free. <laughs> Oh, please. My, do we, oh, we don't, my, I just said please. I don't know what please means. but that, That's how frustrated you are with that topic. And I know, all, <sighs> I know all the people in the gear world have seen it. Yeah, I'm sure they have. I'm, I, you know what? To be honest, I've, I've been able to avoid talking about that subject on the podcast for a little while. I can't remember the last episode where I got all huffy and weird about it. But uh, I th- thanks for breaking my streak, Alex. <laughs> Hey, anytime I can do that, you know, I mean, long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) That's true. You are, you are a, you've been listening for quite a while, like almost, almost since the beginning, I think, because I know you were commenting on stuff about the podcast quite a while ago, before we ever talked. Yeah, I feel like I'm finally caught up with it. Um, It's like, you go on your website, it's like three pages, and it's like, I'm already caught up on that. I used, I feel like it was like a catalog for me to listen to, because I feel like it's like, with the gas and all that stuff, it's like that compulsion to like listen to everything involved with that thing that you like. Yes. People do it every day with Netflix. Oh yeah. You it's know? a binge watch or binge listen. I, I get a lot of people that say like, I found one episode by, you know, perhaps maybe one of the guests like posted about it or something. And I found it and I had to go listen to all of them. I'm like, all of them? Like, that's a that's a lot of hours. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's commercial uh, free hours. It's lovely. Oh, that's true. Well, some of them. Oh, there's yeah. commercials in some of them. There's yeah, but at least the thing that's involved with it, it's not like here's a thing for Tropicana orange juice, as if you didn't know they existed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I try to keep uh, the, all the sponsors, uh, you know, related. But hey, if like you know, if if Blue Apron wants to come in. <laughs> Or, or Reverie Bed wants to come in and, and uh, throw me some cash to keep this thing on the rails and maybe some, you know, free meals in a bed. Hey, I'm not going to, like, argue with that. Like, come on, guys. Throw me a, throw me a bone here. I, this Tropicana orange juice is delicious. Yeah. It, it is. Just know that, like, somebody hacked my Instagram account when I call you a sellout. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for free for a while now. Can I please just sponsor, have Tropicana or Coca-Cola? Heck, even even take Joyo Petals at this point. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. I've actually heard that they're a nice company to work with, but uh, I bet they are. You know, whatever. I bet they are. Uh, lovely. But we need you, Blake, to give this current generation what they want. They want it for free. They want you to keep doing it. But if you need money from sponsors to keep doing it, they don't like that you need that to keep going. They want it free, but they want you to keep doing it. You see this back and forth? This sounds really interesting. Is this kind of like uh, when your favorite punk rock band like is in a Subaru commercial or something, and they're sellouts now, and they're lo- losers? Ex- is that what it exactly. is? Exactly. It's the, I want this band to keep recording music, but I don't want other people to know about them and them to sell out. <laughs> right, I d- and I definitely don't want to buy their album. That's for that's for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna pirate that. 
Yeah, and then you almost... But they're my favorite band. <laughs> you almost need to like, hey, let's go to the videotape. See this thing where you said that stupid thing? Yeah, we're going to break that down a little bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting to, to bring that up, honestly. Um, well, it's harder to pirate... I mean, there's companies that do it, but it's harder to pirate a pedal, like for the end user. <laughs> uh, um, but... I was thinking about this because I was at uh, like a family gathering and was talking to some guys about music and uh, one of the younger kids was like talking about all these bands he likes and, and one of them was somebody I was into. I was like, oh yeah, did you get that latest album? Oh no, I haven't got it yet. I'm like, oh yeah, you got to get it. It's really good. And he's like, yeah, well, y'all wait till it's available so I can uh, get it off Pirate Bay. I'm like, wait, what? Huh? Like, I like just kind of like did a double take. I'm like, you just said they were one of your favorite bands. And he's like, yeah. Like, so give him $9. <laughs> like, I don't understand that mentality. Like, you you want them to keep doing what they're doing, right? Like, give them 9 bucks so they can do it. It's just that kind of stuff. <sighs> yeah. That might be the same person that has, like, 400 pairs of shoes. It could be. It could be. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I... I now I've went into total different tangent than I intended to, and I don't even know where I don't even know where to go next. I'm all you got me all huffy and weird. Was that the uh, <laughs> the uh, goal? I can check the box I have right here. I've got a list of stuff like make Blake <laughs> make Blake get all frustrated. Check make Blake say a word that doesn't exist after talking about Jack Deville. Check. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's probably only one more thing in the box, and that's to get me uh, to talk about pizza. I was just thinking about pizza. I mean, coming from the Boston area, uh, we got pretty good pizza. I think, actually, if uh, if my memory serves, you did say that when you came on, you were going to talk about pie a lot. So You know, it's, it's not really a day if you don't. In, in this area, we have a lot of it, and it's it's awesome. There's a lot of good pie as we sometimes refer to it or pizza, however you want to call it. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's an abundance of it and it's excellent. I feel like the, the true lovers and I, I wish I could say this was me, but like the connoisseurs of, of pizza, they call it pie. I feel like, that. yeah, sometimes I, uh, I feel that as well, but sometimes I feel like it can come off a little pretentious as well. It it depends. It wow. depends how you're doing it. It's like, you know, if, have you had a good pie? Or it's like, hey, you want to grab a pie? <laughs> like those are two different things, right? Like you, like the first one is like looking above your your horn rimmed glasses and excuse me, but uh, have you had a good pie? Do you know what you're talking about? Yeah, and then and then the polar you opposite know. is like the college guy. It's he's got an Xbox controller in his hand and a power and he's like. Hey, Joe, you want to grab a pie? Totally. Right. It's like, those mm-hmm. two people would never meet. No, nor should they. No. Nor should they. But yeah, we, we got a lot of pie here, and it's an awesome thing. And I feel like we get spoiled because my family's from this area, and the rest of my family's from New York. So it's like, whenever I'm here, family, can't really get bad pizza. It's great. So, like, what's, what's your go-to? We're going to go there because <laughs> it's my podcast and I can. So we're going to go there. Uh, we got a lot of 
Greek style here, which is okay. We have a lot of Italian style and Sicilian, which is my go-to. And we also mm-hmm. have barroom pizza as well, as every place does. And I like all of it, but my go-to would be a traditional like Italian style pizza or like if I want to go thick, I'm not really a deep dish guy. Not to be like New York over Chicago or any of that gripe that shouldn't exist, but if I'm going to go thick, it's going to be Sicilian style. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. And that's I'm I'm pretty simple with with pizza, you know. If a pizza's done right, it doesn't need toppings in my opinion. And uh, hmm. it's just I'm pretty simple with it. So I'm yeah, I uh I never know it cuz mine kind of changes uh with the wind. Um but there's a really really good pizza joint in my hometown. Uh called Mi Familia and it's like a wood-fired Italian style pizza and I just can't seem to find a pizza I like better than that um granted I've never been to the east coast uh or at least not in your I've been to the east coast but not up north in your neck of the woods so that's a tough uh I feel like I can't really have a valid opinion until I get up there and and try some of that yeah I guess I guess we're pretty known for it which is cool like I said I feel like we're spoiled but you know what when you find a place that you like, that's awesome, and that becomes what we call uh, the staple. Ah, yeah, like the, the measuring stick for everything else. Exactly. No, I was thinking the thing that holds paper together, Blake. Oh. <laughs> I, the, the, the thing that holds paper together. Uh, I thought that was a paper clip, was but now, now I'm just confused. I don't know where I am. Yeah. Um, How did I get here? What are we doing? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, are we recording? Oh, we are recording this. I think there's people that might actually listen to it. Oh boy. Um, huh. Well, if, if, if uh, I guess that's a good measuring stick. If they're listening to the pizza portion of the podcast, that means they've listened to all the the pedal and gear talk of the podcast. So we congratulate them. Well, that's true. You know, Th- good job, listeners. You made it to the uh, what we call the apex of the podcast. <laughs> you, you could, you could, the real shining glory. <laughs> you could even, you could even like advertise this podcast as first podcast to not talk about pizza until like the forty-three minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I, I'm trying to think. Actually, you know what? I I don't know if there's been explicit pizza talk since. Maybe since since Jason Banning's episode, now that I think about yeah. it. Um, other than the video I did with uh, uh, 60 Cycle Hum where I asked Paul Reed Smith about pizza, there was that, mm-hmm. which got some mixed reactions. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did, you, did you see that? I w- wish I could say that I have, but if you want to give me a little synopsis oh. of it. Uh, basically, you know, the guy is not used to getting asked um, the kind of dumb questions that I ask people. And so we were at Nam, and and we were kind of in this back room because they had a uh, they had a room upstairs. I saw that. You know, yeah. they could, yeah. And uh, so we were kind of in this back room, and um, where they did their media stuff, and we set up a camera and everything, and. Ryan and I are there, and Ryan asked like some, some kind of serious questions, you know, like semi-serious, like that were guitar related. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "How about you? What do you want to? Uh, what do you want to ask me?" I'm like, "Well, you know, this is something I get into on my show, um, 
you know, what kind of pizza do you like? And he looked at me like I was absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, uh, he was like, are you serious? He's like, you spent all week thinking of questions to ask me and that's what you came up with? I was like, yeah. I mean, that's a good question. That People want to know that. They, and so, they want to know. <laughs> he was baffled by why people would want to know that. But he he he, he played it cool and uh, ended up... Uh, talking pizza with me a little bit and then then we got into mexican food it was, yeah, i'm pretty sure paul's never been interviewed that way before so you know gotta start somewhere nobody can ever take that from you i'm the guy that talked to the gear man himself about food <laughs> <laughs> and those that know me would would not expect anything less um yeah love love me some food talk excellent well, Alex, uh, we are getting very close. We're not there yet, but uh, let's let's try to make this gear related again. And we probably have a couple more minutes for a classic question. If you are uh, you still are up for it, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we'll go classic questions because I think I think we really need to get gear geeky uh, for the end. What does your current rig look like? when you are uh, playing out or recording or whatever it is that you happen to do. Yeah. So current rig, like a lot of builders in this world is like sometimes few and far between when you get to use it. Sometimes it's in pieces. My board is uh, in pieces right now because of that send and return loop we were talking about previously in Daedalus. Mm -hmm. And um, actually just got a, uh, a SIG custom board in and we're getting two creation music boards in. Uh, this, oh, wow. this cool. week we've been talking to uh, John, super cool dude great stuff, anybody that hasn't checked out Creation should do that and um, we're going to be putting it together, my rig currently will go well, let's, we'll go uh, we'll start from the hands as normal I, I am, I am mm-hmm. a Kelly guy through and through, I don't know if we talked about that, I know <laughs> that there's a lot of us but we love it um, right. Can't go wrong. I think I have three tellies right now, and I got like a, and a, a squire style jazz master that I won, and uh, pretty much I'm a telly guy. You won. I won. Yeah, through a contest when I was at uh, Guitar Center. Oh, so sweet. Kind of cool, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty much like desert island telly guy. So, uh, telly into pedal board, which. Uh, current rig or at least as it last looked when it was in a uh a recognized perhaps it should be perhaps it should be what it's going to be if it's going to change well yeah i guess we'll do a little mix um from guitar we're going into pulp and peel right now for, for compressor mm-hmm. um currently doing um morning glory version three and super bolts first version for my drive section until our OD pedal comes out, which little sp- mm-hmm. I can't talk anymore about. Um, Dang it! Which there won't be too much because the drive and fuzz world is so saturated. We're going to do one or two and just make it good. But uh, on from there, I'm actually rocking a lesser known Kaufman Audio uh, Electronics. Kaufman Audio Appliances is what it's called. Uh, Andrew. He makes some cool stuff. Uh, We got the good old Ernie Ball volume pedal for when I do um, 
a project with a buddy where we got to do some swells along a couple mm-hmm. other things. And that rounds off like my drive section. I'm actually, I'm like the opposite of you. I actually, I build them, but I don't play fuzz. I actually hmm. do not play fuzz. And I think I've kind of figured it out. I'm a rhythm guitarist. I only play six string chords, which anybody knows, like if you got a pretty heavy fuzz, six string note, like with like four or five notes in that chord, doesn't really translate with like hard, heavy fuzz. Well, one would think, (laughs) but I got something to talk with you about. Off the air. I look forward to it. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, uh, pushing on from our my anti-fuzz OD section, um, go into an ABY, and I'll tell why after. So, it goes through an ABY. Part of the section goes to modulation. Big modulation guy. As I said before, I'm an Earthquaker guy. Mm-hmm. I think you like Earthquaker, too, if I'm not mistaken. I sure do. I just got a couple new ones recently, so yeah. Oh, it's it's such a fun time. I'm rocking um, the organizer and the depths right now. Oh yeah, nice. Um, from there, I go to my small clone, old faithful, big box small clone, which mm-hmm. will never leave my board. From there, why would it? <laughs> it's just so awesome. Um, you got to have a little EHX anywhere you go. From there, we round off to the end of my chain is my other love, Strymon, as most people could probably relate that are pedalboard people. We go to my Flint, which is controlled by a tap tempo I built for it, into the El Capistan, which is controlled with a favorite switch that I built into one unit. And then from there, we go into Old Faithful for me, which is my AC-30. Very so, good. Very good. Interesting. So, the AC30. Um I'm thinking like that could have something to do with your not being big drive slash fuzz guy because AC30s can be kind of temperamental with what kind of dirts they like. Yeah, and you know, I since anybody that doesn't have an AC30 or know it, it's got the two channels on it which you use with a foot switch or a jumper, and that's what I use my ABY for. So it's pretty much clean and then I have the drive section of it and I blend the two together so you still get that articulation with it. Cool. So, Very and, good. I like that. I actually don't know that I've heard it used that way. I'm sure that's not a new thing, but I like you that. You know, that's how I do it. It's kind of it can act as like a, a drive channel on and off for you. Through my pedal board. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Very and, cool. Uh, I don't know. I've always been well, a box guy, so what the hell? <laughs> That's really, how, what else do you, you, you don't have to justify it to me. I, I like the box sound. Uh, it's kind of interesting that I don't own one because I do like boxes. I, I need to rectify that situation. The, I think that's a... Uh, put on the list. This, <laughs> the list never ends, does it? Uh, no, it does not. Right. <laughs> somehow somehow it it populates itself longer as you're at work. You're like, did I put this on there? Uh, right. I, it sounds like <laughs> something I do. What the heck? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't remember putting this on there. Like, I wouldn't do that. What, I don't it's know. It's almost like somebody started an evil prank and the joke's on them. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is that person? I want to know who they are because... Uh, 
I think I think it's a uh, it the joke is backfired. Well, unless you're talking about the state of my wallet. Yes. In which case, maybe that was their goal all along. Well, both your wallet gets smaller and the amount of room you have in your room gets smaller because of the new gear. Yeah, I had to build a whole room because it, I outgrew my room. So, I don't know if that's a problem or not or if I should just embrace it, but that's what happened. I don't so. I don't hear anything out of the normal over here. <laughs> nice. Sounds man. pretty standard. Well, I think that's a uh, that's pretty much it for time, which I always feel weird doing cuz I cuz I could go forever. Um, but I'm guessing everyone else is done or at work. You know, at work as I like to say in their cubicle, probably on reverb. Maybe maybe they're on uh, your website right now looking at the Daedalus, which would be you know not un you know not unusual. Yeah, I think so. we get a good amount of traffic because uh, we got some cool pictures in the gallery. If anybody ever wants to check them out. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, why don't that's a good note to wrap up on. Why don't you go ahead and plug all of your social media and website and all that good stuff. Love to um, website. Simple coppersoundpedals.com. You can also find us on Instagram's the big one that I run. One of my buddies runs the Facebook, and the other gentleman runs the Twitter. The Twitters, as us old people say. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, Twitters, the Twitters, yes. Um, all that good stuff. You know, you can find them on any of those platforms. And um, keep an eye out for the Daedalus and look for us at the upcoming NAM show. Right on, man. Hey, Alex, I'm glad we were able, finally able to do this. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it was a pleasure. All right. Well, I guess I'll wrap this thing up. So, for Alex, I'm Blake, and as usual, people, good luck and good tones. Later, man. Take Later. care, man. All right, folks, the episode is over. It's officially done. However, if you can't get enough of me rambling nonsensically... As many of you are aware, I have been a guest, a reoccurring guest on the Chasing Tone podcast with um, none other than Mr. Brian Wampler himself. So if you want to listen to me get Brian off topic, um, just head on over to your iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and check out the Chasing Tone podcast. I've been on there for the last several episodes and most likely will continue to be in the future. And furthermore, I have been working on a bunch of ridiculously awesome things behind the scenes that you guys are going to really enjoy, and they'll be rolling out here in the next couple months, and I wish I could say more because I'm super excited about it, but I still have to keep my trap shut for now. So I just teased. That's what I did. I just teased. So stay tuned. Make sure you're signed up to the Tone Mob mailing list. Go to ToneMob.com. Hit Join the Mob. And uh, yeah, make sure you're subscribed to that because there's a bunch of ridiculous things that are rolling out over the next several months that you are definitely going to want to check out. So have a good week and I'll talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you 
that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.